This message was presented at the GYC 2017 conference, Arise, in Phoenix, Arizona. For other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org. Well, it's 9.15. I think we're supposed to get started, right, Bob? Should we get started? (laughs) Good to see you, Bobby. Welcome, everybody. I'm Pastor Gary Blanchard, and uh, I'm honored that you're here today. Uh, Why don't you turn to the person next to you and just get it off your chest. Just say, get lit. (laughs) And and now turn to them and say, get lit in the right way. Do that. (laughs) They asked me to come up with some creative titles. This is the best I could do. So uh, hopefully you didn't just come to hear me talk about drugs because it's not going to be about that at all. But really glad you guys are here. Um, What an honor to be able to speak to the GYC, the leaders in the Seventh-day Adventist movement right here. Amen. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer together, and then I'll do a little introduction, and then we'll get right into what are we talking about here today. All right, let's bow our heads. Father, it is an honor to be at GYC, a movement that you started with when when just a few young people got together from different, different ethnic backgrounds, and they sought your will. They wanted to do something for you, God, and you impressed upon their heart what now is GYC. And I want to pray, Lord, that you would start other great things from the young people that are here. Start movements and church plants, and you'll do mighty things as we get lit with your spirit, Jesus. So I want to pray, Lord, that you would show me how to rightly talk about your spirit. I want to be careful. I want to make sure that I'm in line with the word and with spirit prophecy. But Lord, I can't help but get excited about this topic, because we all want to be lit by your spirit. Lord, we invite you here, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right. Um, I wanted to share with you, before I get started here, a really powerful book on the Holy Spirit. It's called 10 Days. How many of you ever read this before? Anybody seen this? It's called 10 Days. You can get it at any ABC. It's by Dennis Smith. Um, what I really like about the book is at the very beginning, there's like a training chapter on how to start a small group built around this book, and then how also to use amazing facts and other things to, for continual study. So it's like not only a book on the Holy Spirit but it's also a little training in that first chapter how to get a small group together. Also, at the end of each chapter, there's questions that you can use in a small group setting. So if you want to get start a small group back in your church, in your dorm room, whatever else, on the Holy Spirit and see God do some incredible things for you, um, great book right here. I got a lot of information from that. Probably the best book to read, though, is the book of Acts. Amen? Powerful, filled with a lot of information on the Holy Spirit. I also got a lot of my information on the Holy Spirit from, you all know this book right here, right? Steps to Christ is filled with amazing information on the power of the Holy Spirit, how life can be changed with the power of the Holy Spirit. So I wanted to um, just kind of give you a quick little introduction. Um, Here's a picture of my family. Oh, here we go. Picture of my family right there. Aren't they handsome? Beautiful? Yes, I'm very blessed. That's my wife there, obviously, and my daughter. And Bobby, you guys might remember them when they were real tiny little things. Yeah, back in the day. So... Really grow out. My son Gary's on my far left. He's going to Southern College. All right. My daughter's hoping to someday go to Andrews. And my son over here goes to Southwestern. And my daughter's taking it present. I like that. And my wife is uh, studying nursing right now in, in Maryland. So there's, there's my family for you. We live in Maryland now. Um, just recently, I got called from the Texas Conference to come serve at the General Conference as the World Youth Director. So I'm humbled to be overseeing these ministries right here. You see adventurers, and it's kind of like a, um, a whole discipleship program that we have in the General Conference that oversees the world work. It begins with adventurers, pathfinders, 
ambassadors, and it goes to Adventist youth, which includes master guides and a lot of other things. So a lot of really cool uh, initiatives happening around the world. Um, if you guys uh, take out your cell phones, this will be like the only time any presenter tells you to do this, right? Take out your cell phone and go to GC Youth Ministries in Facebook. Face, Facebook, GC Youth Ministries. And just like us there because we post all kinds of stuff that's happening around the world at our Facebook page. We also just got this new address for our, our website too. Everybody say youth.adventist.org. If you go here, you'll have all kinds of access to all kinds of material. How many of you guys are planning to get involved with Global Youth Day? Raise your hand. Beginning on March 17th. We had over 150 million impressions uh, last year. We had over three or four million young people participate in Global Youth Day around the world. But if you want to know about Global Youth Day, what is it? Where do I learn more about it? How do I start one in my church or my conference? Where would you go? If you've ever heard of uh, something called One Year in Mission, anybody heard of One Year in Mission? This is happening all around the world where young people are getting together in teams and they're going into cities to do evangelism for God. If you want to learn about how do I, how do I get involved with One Year in Mission, where would you go? But I'd like it if you guys would do it to go to GC Youth Ministries, GC Youth Ministries on Facebook and just like us there so we can... Um, you can be in touch with what we're doing. Global Youth Day is a chance for young people around the world to be the sermon. How many of you have ever participated with Global Youth Day? Okay, just a few of you. You really want to get involved in, in that initiative, and you can learn a lot about that online. How many of you have ever been on a preaching mission trip before? These are awesome. We actually are combining efforts with uh, Adventist World Radio, the General Conference Youth Department and Adventist World Radio, and we're holding a mission trip in the Philippines. We're going to be preaching at over 100 sites around the Philippines. So you'd have a chance to actually go into a, a church or into a, a marketplace where we've set it up and you'll be able to preach the gospel there, the three angels message. If you're interested in that, where would you go to find out more information about that? You got it, guys. So I'd love it if you guys would be interested in participating with that event. Um, we've actually really made it inexpensive so that you guys can come along. But that'll be at the Plowin Islands. And I'm telling you what, that is going to be gorgeous. Um, the story behind this is pretty interesting. Adventist World Radio just started to broadcast on those islands, and they thought, you know, no, maybe nobody's listening. And then they did a, kind, of like a, uh, kind of like a prize giveaway for people who could answer questions, and they were overwhelmed with the response in the Palawan Islands, and they suddenly realized that God is working in the Palawan Islands. The harvest is right there. And they said, you know what? We need to focus on the Palawan Islands, and we need to do something big there. So all around the world, uh, young people are coming to converge on those islands to do some great things for God. Don't worry, we're also going to have some fun as well, traveling around. There's all kinds of swimming and snorkeling there as well, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, here's all the different ways you can get connected with the GC Youth Ministries that are happening around the world. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Vimeo. So we're just trying to act like we know what we're doing, right? So you see all these things that you can get in touch. So... As things are happening in your local church, in your conference, in your union, don't forget that there's a global working, global thing happening for youth ministry around the world. And now you can be in touch with it anytime you want by Facebook, Instagram, whatever, going right to our website. What's our website again? I love my job as the new world youth director. I am so honored. And this right here says it all for me. Uh, I believe that this logo right here was really inspired by God. Right here in this one picture, I think it says it all. Three angels with one message about Christ, right, his righteousness, to all the world through who? AY is symbolic of youth, Adventist youth. Amen? 
To me, that says it all. Three angels, which is one message, the cross, lifts up the crucified and risen and soon coming Savior, to all the world through you guys. That's exciting, and I can rally behind that. That's what gets me up in the morning. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize that they're leaders. So I want you to try this really quickly. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a leader. Now turn to them and say, the question is, are you a godly leader? Mmm, ouch, ouch, ouch. I think most people kind of run through life thinking, well, I'm not a pastor, I'm not an evangelist, I'm not a church leader, I'm not a politician, I'm not, nobody's following me. Not true. In fact, I want you to read this quote, powerful quote from Gospel Workers. See, we're talking about getting lit with the Holy Spirit because the only way to be a powerful, godly leader is to be spirit-filled. Not only to be spirit-filled, but to cooperate with the Spirit and walk with the Spirit. Then you become a huge influence. But a lot of people are like, you know, I'm not a leader, so it doesn't really matter. Baloney. Here, watch this right here. Let's read this together. Gospel Workers 67, page 67, uh, paragraph 3. One, two, three, go. In view of their high calling, the youth among us should not seek for amusement or live for selfish gratification. The salvation of souls is to be the motive that inspires them to action. In their God-given strength... They are to rise above every enslaving, debasing habit. They are to ponder well the paths of their feet, remembering, what they're, remembering that where they lead the way, others what? Will follow. No one lives for himself. All exert an influence for good or for evil. You are a leader. You are a leader. Very important to keep that in mind. Some of you know this for a fact. You have Facebook, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, and you have Snapchat, and you have home, you have work, and you have relationships, and all around you, people are following, and they're watching you. They really are. Your little sister, your little brother, even your mom and dad. Amen? I had this guy come up to me the other day, and he goes, you know, Gary, the funniest thing happened to me. He said, I was watching TV the other day, watching one of my rated R movies that I love to watch, and uh, he, said, he said, all of a sudden, my daughter got up and walked out of the living room. So I showed up and said, honey, did I say something to offend you? What's wrong? She goes, Dad, you know, I'm just making a decision not to watch that anymore. So she went up into her room and she did some other things and stayed away from that. And he said, you know what I did, Gary? I disconnected my connection with uh, Netflix and everything. I'm not watching movies anymore. I said, really? And the decision was simply because of following his daughter. All around you, people are watching your little brother, your little sister, your mom and your dad, your friends, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, other people at school, at work. They're all watching you. And this, is, this can be frightening unless you understand about how to get lit. Because God doesn't say, make your light shine. He says, let your light shine. He will light you up. He will light you up. And then you get the decision of whether you want to walk with him. He's not going to possess you like a demon would do. He will light you up and empower you. And if you want to walk in the power, you can. Amen. And it's a daily surrender, but it's something God wants to do in your life. I heard a story about a young man that was sitting on the fence one day. And God came up to him and said, Jesus came up to him and said, Hey man, come follow me. Get off the fence and follow me. And the young man said, No, I'm going to stay on the fence. I'm just going to think this over. I'm going to kind of stay half in, half out, half cold, half hot, you know, lukewarm. I'm just going to stay here. So Jesus continued on his way. The devil comes up to the same young man and says, Young man, come follow me. The young man says, I knew you were going to say that. You're going to try to get me to follow you. No, he said, I'm going to sit right here. The devil said, oh, no, 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 no. You don't have to follow me. You can stay on the fence. I own the fence. <laughs> Jesus said, if you're not gathering, you're what? There's no such thing as no evangelism. We're all doing evangelism. The question is, for the light or the darkness? There's no middle ground. Some churches are like, I'm not into evangelism. Yes, you are. 
Because every time people walk by and you don't care enough about witnessing to them and reaching out to them, they're being led further away from your weird church that goes to church on Saturday, being turned off. See, we're either we're on fire leading them to Christ or we're not, but we're all doing evangelism, right? There's no fence sitting. So it's very important that we get lit with what? The Spirit of God. Uh, this is really important. Um, I love this verse because Paul catches this idea of get lit. You guys all know the word get lit comes from the urban term for get stoned, right? And you say Paul would never use get lit, right? Uh-uh, he actually uses it. He actually uses it. Paul actually says get lit. But not with wine that leads to debauchery, but instead get lit by what? Let's read it right now. One, two, three, go. Ephesians 5, verse 18, go. Do not get drunk with wine on which leads to debauchery. Instead, get lit. Be filled with the Spirit. Amen? Amen. I love it. That word filled right there is actually in the Greek that's continuous action. That's not just a one-time deal. It's a daily being filled. Amen? By the way, you may not realize this, but we're all leaky vessels. Every day we got to be refilled. And we got to patch up those holes where the Spirit is being leaked out of for various reasons. The music or whatever we're watching starts to... You know what I'm talking about. You can be on fire for God, watch a movie, then you feel like you have to take a spiritual bath afterwards. Well, you just put a hole and it's leaking out. you got to plug the stop and be filled. Um, very important. So be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, it's a very, very important point there in the Bible. Did you know Jesus was daily filled with the Holy Spirit? He daily got lit. Look at this right here. Let's read it together. Christ Object Lessons, page 140. One, two, three, go. Daily, he received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the early hours of the new day, the Lord awakened him from his slumbers. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. How many of you have a divine alarm clock that seems to go off every morning and you're wondering, why is this happening? It's because God's waking you up because he, he wants to get you lit. Amen. He's got work for you to do and he's waking you up early because you've got to face it. This morning, God woke me up at 1 in the morning. I'm like, God, please give me three or four more hours. He says, Gary, you got to do three seminars today, and you got to do a plenary session. Get up. I'm going to get you lit. You don't want to miss those opportunities, but you notice that Jesus was woken up in the mornings daily. Everybody say daily. daily. He received a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the early hours of the new day, the Lord what? Awakened, Awakened him from his slumbers, and his soul and lips were anointed with grace. He got lit that he might impart to others. What do these guys have in common? Gideon, Samson, Saul, David, the apostles, and Paul. You probably already know the answer. Shout it out. They all got lit. Every one of them. By the way, they were all great leaders. Amen? But they were all great leaders because they got lit. Not with wine. Not with drugs. Not with methamphetamine. Not with speed. Not with marijuana. Not with pot. They were filled with a real, pure power, real true power, the Spirit of God in their life. I want to prove that to you. Listen to this, Gideon. In Judges 6.34, let's read it together. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, summoning the Abizrites to follow him. So the Spirit of the Lord is on Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon who? I know the devil hates this because he's called a roaring lion, right? Notice what, what somebody will do to the devil when they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at this. The Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. You want to tear the devil apart and all the terrible things he's trying to do in your family, in your life, in your ministry, in your school? Get lit. How about Saul? And the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard those tidings and his anger was kindled greatly and he declared war on the enemy and defeated him. Amen? He declared war on the enemy and defeated him. 
Look at David. So Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the presence of his brothers, and from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel went, then went to Ramah. Look at the apostles in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. All of them were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. They were lit. Yeah, amen. They were lit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Pretty cool, huh? All these great leaders got lit. So if all these great leaders got lit to be great leaders, what does that say about GYC leaders? You want to make a difference in this world? You need to get lit. Stop being natural and start seeking to be supernatural daily. Stop trying to be normal. Amen? Be supernormal or paranormal. <laughs> Abnormal. <laughs> Abnormal. I love it. Excellent. I want you to notice... Um, that the Bible says, uh, that's actually the wrong verse there for that text, but anyway, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, and ye shall receive power after, the King James Version says, right? The Spirit of God comes upon you. So in other words, before, you have no power. You can't even witness without the Holy Spirit, because it says it right there, and ye shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and ye shall what? Be my witnesses. In fact, you cannot even witness without the Holy Spirit. You can attend all the workshops on evangelism you want, but according to that verse right there, the power to witness comes after you get lit, not before. In other words, you've got to let your light shine, not try to make it shine in your own strength. God has to fuse you up, and then you need to walk in the Spirit and power of God. Very important. And we find that Paul was also baptized with the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Jesus was baptized with the Holy Spirit. Did you know that? Wow. Jesus got lit daily with the Spirit. Did you know that there's no record of Jesus' ministry before he was baptized with the Holy Spirit? Think about it. There's no record. It's only after he came up out of the water and the Spirit descended upon him. Remember, he was led into the wilderness. Then his ministry begins. Your ministry didn't even start if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Your ministry and the great and exciting things God wants to do through you and in you only happens after you get lit. Very powerful, very powerful thing about it. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. I don't know if you've noticed, there's a lot of debate on the Holy Spirit. Have you noticed that? People are debating, is he, is he a force? Is he a person? I personally believe he's a person. In fact, in John chapter 16, a personal pronoun is used over 27 times for the Holy Spirit. So I think Jesus got it right. I don't know. But even, even if you still want to hold on to the force thing, that's, that's your business between you and God because you have a choice to make a decision. Amen? We all have a choice, right? The thing of the matter is, we, not, we don't understand everything about the Holy Spirit, do we? We don't. I don't understand everything about electricity either, but I'm not going to sit in the dark. I'm going to flip the switch. A lot of us spend a whole lot of time debating the Holy Spirit and not getting baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can spend your whole time thinking, studying the Holy Spirit, doing doctrinal studies, going back and forth, and never, ever get lit. And I want to give you a chance by the end of this class to get lit with the Holy Spirit. Would you like that? Yes. We're going to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon us. And remember, it's a daily filling, right? So you can pursue this on a daily basis. God is more than willing to give you the Holy Spirit. You know, you wonder, how could Jesus be so good? How did he live such a holy life? Well, guess what? He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen? How do you live a holy life? you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it's critical. It's supernatural. You can't do it. Somebody once said, being a Christian is so hard. No, it's not. Being a Christian is impossible. It's not hard. It's impossible. Because we're not only called to live the letter of the law, we're also called to live the spirit of the law. It's impossible 
but with the Holy Spirit, it is possible. Amen? We need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So how, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with power, with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was what? With him. So Jesus was filled with the Spirit. This is his secret to the holy living of Christ. He was our example, right? So in the same way that he lived a holy life, so can we, by being filled with the Spirit. Amen? Choosing to walk in the Spirit daily. You know, we need to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. In fact, I, I already recommended this book right here to you. I, I really think this is good, or the book of Acts. Excellent book. I'd, I'd start with the book of Acts, maybe. But this right here has, like I mentioned to you, um, a simple strategy for how to start a small group, along with several chapters on the Holy Spirit with questions at the end. And you can get this book for free. Um, all you have to go to is this magical website. I can't remember what it is. Um, oh, man. Anyway, I, it'll probably, I'll probably remember it later. Help me out. Yes. It's free. You can download it, PDF file, in like 50 languages. Hello? A lot of resources on there. I don't know if you heard Dwight Nelson recently talking about another book that's just come out that's changing lives around the world. Um, it's called uh, Steps to Revival. I don't know if you've heard of it. That's also at this beautiful website, youth.avenus.org. So have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you, have you gotten lit? It's an important question to ask, isn't it? Do you know that Paul actually asked his church that when he, he arrived in Acts chapter 19, the church of Ephesus? He asked them, he said, have you gotten lit? He asked them, point blank. I tell every pastor that I meet and every youth leader that I meet, AY, whatever, have you, are, your, are your young people revived yet? Have you asked them if they've been baptized with the Holy Spirit? Because, I mean, you're going to be pulling them for the rest of your ministry unless they get lit. They get lit, they'll be pulling you because <laughs> they'll be energized by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So getting lit is so important. The question is, have you gotten lit? So why don't you just turn to the person next to you and ask that question? And you can put up your hand like this if you claim the fifth. That means I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Take a couple minutes. Just ask. Uh, take it two minutes. Have you gotten lit? <laughs> Talk about making my day. Good to see you, Sam. Fantastic. Good to see you, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so by the end of this seminar today, um, hopefully you're going to have a chance to answer that question. Definitely yes, amen? You're going to have a chance to receive the Holy Spirit today. Wouldn't that be exciting in your life to get lit? Um, before you get lit with the Holy Spirit, you look like this. And that's not a picture of me when I was a kid. I've had people accuse me of that. That looks like you, Gary. But anyway, it's not. Uh, here's what you look like after. Uh, anyway, that was just to put that out there. All right. Review and Herald. Review and Herald, March 22, 1887. Um, Sister White says there's one thing that the devil is scared to death of in regard to GYC. Okay? And you want to know what it's going to terrify him? You want to give him a Halloween he'll never forget? Let me this is it. This is it right here. Let's read this together. One, two, three, go. There is nothing that Satan fears so much is that GYC shall clear the way by removing every hindrance 
so that the Lord can pour out his what? Spirit on a languishing church and an impenitent congregation. When the way is prepared for the Spirit of God, the blessing what? Will come. Amen? That's in Review and Herald, March 22, 1887. There is nothing he's scared more of than you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be awesome if every time your feet hit the floor in the morning, the devil goes, oh. Oh, no. Oh, no. She's awake. Oh, no. There's nothing he is scared more of than you get baptized with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't care if you talk about the Holy Spirit all day long. He doesn't care if you're a silver-tongued preacher. We've got lots of silver-tongued preachers in our church, dynamic preachers. The question is, are they spirit-filled preachers? The devil's not afraid of educated professors. He's not afraid of silver-tongued preachers. He's not, unless they're lit. Then he's got a problem. It scares them to death that you get lit with the Holy Spirit and you become a holy man, and God, man, man or woman of God because you're filled with the Holy Spirit and you're choosing to walk in the Spirit. And then your life becomes a living testimony. You become a powerful leader because you're all leaders, right? Um, why is he so scared? Well, I, I discovered something the other day. Did you know the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Jesus? There's nobody the devil's more freaked out about than Jesus. Remember with a word, he was able to cast out 5,000 demons. Can you imagine that? you got this army of demons marching to take over the kingdom of God, and all Jesus says is go, and 5,000 of them desert. He's scared to death of the devil. He's, the devil is scared to death of Jesus, right? Because just a word, he could cast out diseases and heal, right, and raise the dead. Scared. Guess what? When you get the Spirit of God, you have the Spirit of Jesus living inside you. Now he's not just has to deal with just Jesus. He has to deal with Jesus living in every one of us. That is Halloween for the devil. That is his nightmare. So he doesn't care if you talk about the Spirit all day long and get all your doctrine right and attack other people because their doctrine isn't right as long as you don't get baptized with the Holy Spirit. As long as you're willing to sit in the dark and not flip the switch, he's fine. But GYC flips the switch, we got a problem, because now I don't know how many are in this room, maybe 100? Now he's got 100 people filled with Christ walking around. Now he's scared. Driving out demons with the word? Come on. Healing sickness with the word? Preaching the gospel with power? Come on. That's scary. You see, when Jesus lives in you, you get his attributes. We call them the fruit of the Spirit, right? And you get his abilities, and we call that what? Spiritual gifts. Now, you see how that all connects now? The spiritual gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, that's Jesus living in you, manifesting himself. And uh, God can give you whatever gift is needed in your area. Don't sit back and go and say, I don't have the gift, so I can't serve you. No, no, no. God can give you the gift you need for that area at the time, right? Right? So let's not forget the attributes of Jesus and the abilities of Jesus. That's why the devil's afraid, because Christ lives in you. I'll never forget an experience that happened to my wife and I many years ago. We were walking down the street, uh, a dirt road, and there in the middle of the road was a, a giant spider in Texas, right? So everything is what? Yeah. This thing was huge, Sam. It was massive. And my wife wasn't content just to walk around it. My wife has arachnophobia on steroids. And she said, Gary, kill it. I said, honey, it's not bothering us. We can walk around it. Kill it. <laughs> so I put my boots on. I had my boots on, Texas, right? Walked over to that thing. Crushed it. What I didn't realize is it was a pregnant spider. 
And as soon as I crushed it, thousands of little spiders came out, and my wife's running away going, you're a jerk. <laughs> the situation got really bad. The situation got really bad on the cross when Jesus died, and Satan was a part of the crushing process of him there on the cross, right? You know what the Bible says that, that, that poured out of his side? Blood and what? Water. Do you know what water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit in John chapter 7? It's the Holy Spirit. What God is telling you is what happened there on the cross when Christ, when Christ was crushed, like the Bible says in Isaiah 53, is that the Spirit of God was given to all of God's people, and it was poured out on Pentecost. That's Satan's worst nightmare. You see, on the cross, Jesus purchased the right for you to be filled with the Spirit. So that's why the devil's running, and he's scared to death. I didn't just compare my wife to the devil, did I? Anyway. All right, we just scratched that out of there. Make sure we edit that out of the uh, thing for my own safety. But anyway, so how do we get lit? I want to talk about this, and I have just a few more minutes. So I have about 20 minutes. Okay, how to get lit. We want to talk about, this is very important, isn't it? How do we get lit? Um, the first thing is we need to completely put our trust and rest in Jesus. Can you, can you, can you agree with that? I think there's a lot of people out there today um, trying to meet the conditions of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They're really trying, man, if I just am sorry enough, if I just repent harder, if I just cry out louder, God will give me the Spirit. And so they're trying to meet the conditions of God's promise regarding the Holy Spirit. But I want to share with you something very beautiful that the Lord revealed to me the other day. I want to share this with you. This verse right here has the potential of starting another reformation. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20. Listen to this. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding what? Yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Jesus already met the conditions of the promise for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He met them already. So your focus is not on yourself. It's on Jesus don't become sin conscious, become Savior conscious. Amen. As you become sin conscious, let that be something that drives you to the cross and become Savior conscious. Jesus fulfilled the conditions for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. All of his promises are what in Christ? Yes. yes. Amen? You know, the core message of the three angels' message is Christ our righteousness, right? Yes. So with Seventh-day Adventists, we believe that when God looks at us, he doesn't see us, he sees who? Christ. Why? Because we are in Christ by faith. Amen? So when you step inside of Christ, you need to realize that because you're in Jesus, it's not the case if you are outside of Christ, but because you are in Christ, all the conditions for the promises were already met by Christ himself for you. So your first step is to trust that Jesus fulfilled the conditions for you to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Put your eyes on Jesus. Amen? Amen? Secondly, pray until. Everybody say, pray until. Most of us pray, but few of us pray until. All right? I've noticed that in my own life. There's a difference between, you're, you're good if you pray. You're great if you pray until. It's a difference between the two. Let me explain that for you. What happens is it takes a little time to get lit. Okay? It takes a little time. I don't know what it is. It may be that, you're, that God, while you're talking to him and praying and reading the word, I like to read the word and ask for the spirit while I'm studying the Bible, reading itself, or I go for walks in wood, the woods and ask. But what happens is as we begin to wait 
in prayer. Waiting until, not rushed, not quickly going away from God, but staying there. That light starts getting brighter and brighter and brighter and more and more power begins to fill into your life. You feel a special strength. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Spiritual strength. For the first time, you want to go to prayer meeting. You're like, what? I actually want to go to prayer meeting. Where did that come from? Or the first time you're like, I want to read the Bible. What, what's going on with me? Then all of a sudden, things that you read before that seemed common, they come alive. You know those pictures that you look at for a long time and they all of a sudden jump out at you three, three-dimensional? It never works for me, but I'll trust that it worked for you. Okay. So you look at them. It's with the Bible. You, when the Spirit of God comes upon you, these verses that didn't mean much before, boom, they come out at you. What's happening is your pilot light is being turned on. You're getting lit. But it takes time. Let me prove that to you from the from Spirit of Prophecy. This is actually in Desire of Ages. I'm sorry I don't have the reference for you. You guys can find that later, I'm sure. Um, watch this. This is what Jesus did. This is his practice. Isn't it interesting? He got up early in the morning. God woke him up, right? That divine alarm clock. Watch what he did. In Christ, read it with me. One, two, three, go. In Christ, the cry of humanity reached the Father of infinite pity. As a man, he supplicated the throne of God. What? Till. What? He supplicated the throne of God. What? What? Turn to the person next to you and say, until or till. Until. His humanity was charged with what? He got lit. He got lit. That's what he was doing in the mornings. He was just following some pharisaical uh, plan of ritual every day. No, no, no. He was going to meet with God, to walk with the Lord, and to wait until he had the power for the day. Till his humanity was charged with a heavenly current. But this is just for Jesus, right? This is just his role. This is for him, right? Anybody prove to me from this passage it's for all of us? <laughs> yeah, and also the end of the verse right there. Look at that. His experience is to be ours. Whoa. I just, let's read the whole thing together. One, two, three, go. In Christ, the cry of humanity reached the Father of infinite pity. As a man, he supplicated the throne of God till his humanity was charged with a heavenly current that should connect humanity with divinity. Through continual communion, he received life from God that he might impart life to the, to the world. His experience is to be Man, wow, you can get lit anytime you want to. Trust that Jesus already met the conditions for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Don't look to yourself, look to the Savior. Number two, wait until, in your prayer time, until. It'll happen. And then laying on of hands. Laying on of hands, that's what we're going to do in a few minutes here. We're going to do a mass thing, all right? And if you don't want to be a part of it, nobody's going to bat an eye at you. Don't worry, you don't have to. But I wanted to show you over and over again in the book of Acts, we see the Holy Spirit be giving through a laying on of hands. Amen? Um, I don't know if you've noticed in the book of Acts that some people receive the Holy Spirit without laying on of hands. Amen? It's not, it's not a requirement. The Holy Spirit gets to do whatever he wants, right? He's God. Amen? Amen. If you don't believe that, go to Acts chapter 5, right? Acts chapter 5 makes it very clear that the Holy Spirit is God on earth. He's the real Pope. Amen? Amen? All right. So... Over and over again in the Bible, we see laying on of hands in the book of Acts as, as that criteria. But it's very interesting that uh, some people are baptized with the Holy Spirit before they're baptized in water. Amen? Amen? Can you think of anybody like that? 
Who was baptized with the Holy Spirit before baptized with water? I'm not going to tell you. I'll let you look it up. I hear some, uh, some ideas out there. But let's look at this right here. Laying out of hands. This is Acts chapter 8, verse 14. One, two, three, go. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, so they'd heard the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. They sent the general conference. Amen? That was for me. Sorry. When they arrived, they what? Prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now notice they didn't... Okay, so uh, it says... Uh, that they received the Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had simply been baptized. So it's possible to be baptized in water, but not baptized with the Holy Spirit. There are many people that, that have the natural, they've, they've received the, the water baptism, but they've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, the supernatural baptism. Now notice how it happened. They had simply been baptized. Notice it says simply. So in other words, there's more to this. They, they didn't understand. Had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their what? Hands on them. And they received what? The Holy Spirit. So there you have it right there. Uh, um, I don't know if you've ever noticed that surfers don't try to make waves. Have you ever noticed that? I remember when I was in Australia some time ago, I was out walking, I was there for a camp meeting or whatever, and I was walking along the beach. I see this guy just beautifully surfing, doing really looking cool. Made it look really easy. And he kind of pulled up his surfboard next to me, and I recognized him. It was David Asherick. It's like, man. Now another reason I'm jealous of him. Doggone it. But I've noticed that when people are out surfing, they, um, they don't make waves. What do they do? They ride them. I've noticed in ministry, when churches begin to pray and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God begins to win, send waves of opportunities their way. And at first, sometimes those waves ride them instead of them riding the waves. They don't know what to handle. Whoa, there's a bunch of new people in the church. Ah, what are we going to do? They, they have trouble sometimes. We have to learn how to ride the waves God will send. When you begin to get together with your friends in small groups, and maybe you're doing uh, the book of Acts or maybe the 10 days, and you start praying for God to do stuff, guess what? He will. Get your surfboard ready. Waves of ministry opportunity will begin to come your way. Doors will open you never expected. You don't get to choose the waves. You don't also get to choose how big the waves are. Might be a little small. God might start you out with a wave you can actually ride. And as you begin to ride them, and your eyes are open to see the things of the Spirit, God begins to send ministry opportunities your way and opportunities, and you begin to ride them. This is the beautiful thing about serving the Lord. My burden is light. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, God will send those opportunities your way, and you have to be willing to ride those opportunities when He sends them. Amen? Supernatural results will happen. You'll see people healed as a result of your prayer as you lay hands on them. Amen? And Ellen White had a vision of the latter rain. She saw Seventh-day Adventist people going out, giving Bible studies, and laying their hands on the sick, and then being healed. Right? We need to judge all healings by what? To the law and to the testimony. If they speak not according to this word, they have no light of dawn. We know the devil can do miracles as well, right? So we want to test the spirits. Amen? Okay, that's very important. But, so you see a desire for Bible study will begin to happen in your life. Um, you'll have a desire to soul winning. You'll be living off of this overflow. God will put this desire in your heart to share your faith with others. You'll have a new courage. Have you noticed that people who are on drugs have this strange courage? It's totally misguided and gets them killed. But if you want to look at it on the spirit side, there's a boldness that comes into a person's life that's been under the influence of the Holy Spirit. It's a joy that comes from sharing, a fearlessness. We see that very clearly in the life of Peter, who ran from a little girl, and the next day he's standing before the Sanhedrin, a bunch of murderers, and boldly lifting up the name of Jesus. What happened? He got lit. 
you begin to discover your gifts. God begins to give you opportunities. Those waves come into your life for you to use gifts, and he begins to grow in those gifts. Remember that we all, we all don't have the same gifts, right? There are times when God will give you a gift temporarily, I've found, even if it's not your gift because there's a need there. And let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants. Amen? Don't be envious of other people's gifts. Can you say amen to that? Because they're going to really, really grow fast in those areas, faster than you will, and they'll have a lot of impact. But guess what? You have a gift as well. And you also will grow in those areas. Amen? You need to find what God's called you to do and get on board with that, right? Um, when God begins to do things in your church, don't hose it down, right? It's very sad to me when God begins to build waves in the church and begins to do stuff in the churches because everybody's praying. There's always somebody there ready to hose it down. Turn to the person next to you and say, don't be a hoser. <laughs> Amen. God begins to do things in your church. Don't fight against it. It may not happen the way, he may be using somebody you thought God would ever use that person. But God raises up people. I hear it all the time. We can't bring her into ministry. You've seen what she's done in her life? No. Uh-uh. You need to obviously test the spirits, but also keep that in mind. Victory over sin, the battle over sin. You still have a battle, but it'll be much easier. Amen? You'll have new power in your life. I'm telling you, these things that have held you down for a long time, they're about ready to lose their hold over your life. Because you're trusting in the righteousness of Jesus, and you're filled with his spirit. You're going to have victory. Um, unity. And does our church need unity right now? So busy fighting over or whatever. We need the Spirit of God. It's because we have a whole lot of people who are not lit. That's why. What the Seventh-day Adventist Church needs, the first work that the Seventh-day Adventist Church must do is it must seek this baptism of the Holy Spirit and be filled with the Spirit. It needs to do it very quickly. So I'll skip that. I want to close this story, and then we, I wanted to take a few minutes. When, when is this class done? 10.15. Perfect. Okay. I wanted to share with you in closing a story about a woman one day who got done hearing this dynamic preacher. He was talking about revival in the church. And she went up to him and said, Sir, um, I really, you need to come to my church and preach. Because my church is messed up. They're dead as a doornail. A pastor couldn't, pay, couldn't preach his way out of a paper bag. His life depended on, depended on it. It's, they hate each other. It's a terrible environment. Everybody's gossiping and talking bad about the others and slandering each other. The pastor's thinking to himself, oh, okay. See, so she's saying all these things about her church and her pastor. And uh, she goes, Pastor, you need to come to my church. We need to do something. The pastor says, okay, I'll tell you what we can do. I know the secret. She's like, you do? He goes, yeah, I know exactly how to change your church. She goes, okay, tell me. He goes, all right, come here. She got a little closer. He said, okay, what I want you to do, the pastor said, I want you to go up to your house. She goes, okay, yeah. And I want you to go upstairs. You got a two-story, right? Yeah, yeah. I want you to go upstairs, and I want you to go into your bedroom. Okay, wow, all right. This is cool. Woo. He goes, and I want you to go into the closet of your bedroom. She's like, wow. I'm going to hear the secret here. He goes, I want you to find a piece of chalk, and then I want you to draw a circle on the ground inside the closet. She's like, wow, is this in the Bible? <laughs> he says, then I want you to go ahead and stand inside the circle. She goes, yeah. He says, ma'am, and while you're in that circle, I want you to say, God, please transform me first. Some of you got churches that you're all upset about. They're not on fire, blah, blah, blah. You got all these reasons that you're angry. You want to change your church? It starts with you getting lit. Because when you get lit, you become contagious. Amen? 
Amen. You're the secret to changing your church. Not everybody else. Not the general conference president. Not your pastor. Not your parents. Not your brother, your sister. You. Because you have just as much access as they do to power. You can get lit. Amen. How many of you want to get lit today? All right, so we know it's through a laying on of hands, and some of you, probably most of you here have been baptized, but there may be some of you that have not been baptized, and I just shared with you a minute ago, you don't need to be baptized with water first, but I would encourage you, if you have not been baptized with water after you receive the Holy Spirit, then I, I would invite you to go in and make sure that you get baptized in water. Amen? Amen. All right. Now, nothing weird is going to happen in here, okay? I just want you to know that the Spirit of God is like a dove. He's very gentle, but I want to I promise you something. Within the next day or two, things are going to begin to happen in your life. And I'm not sure what they are. God will decide what they are. Ministry opportunities may happen. A chance to share your faith with somebody may happen. More power in your ministry may happen. God may give you um, a vision for more ministry and what he wants to do. He may call you to pull a group together. But there will be extra power in your life as a result of receiving the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because God's Word says it. All right? So we're going to do this a little different. How many elders do we have with us today? Do we have any elders with us? Oh, perfect. Elders, come up here. Please, elders. Do we have any pastors here today? Pastors, come on down. We've got a lot of pastors in here today. I should have been more careful what I said. Sorry. <laughs> this is only being recorded, right? Yeah, yeah. It's no big deal. Uh, all right. Any other elders with us today? Okay. So what we're going to do is if you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, we're going to just do what, this, what the Bible says to do. All you need to do is go to one of these gentlemen and they're going to put their hands on you, and they're going to say a brief prayer. It's not going to be a long prayer. They're going to say, based on your word, Jesus, we ask that you'd fill my sister with the Holy Spirit. She wants to be lit with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Simple prayer, and we're going to go really through. And then when you're done, if you wanted to stay for a little while and talk, I'm here for about 10 minutes and then for the next class, but I wanted to give you a quick announcement, a little quick announcement for the next class. It's about lessons to learn from Donald Trump. Is that a creative title? It has very little to do with Donald Trump, but anyway, I will be mentioning him, but we'll be talking about how to catch God's vision. What is God's vision for the world church? And how do I catch that so I can become contagious with his vision and get in line with his vision in my life? So that's what my next class will be on, okay? All right, I'm going to have a word of prayer with you, and then as you stand up, go to the individual pastors, elders, and they will pray for you. If you don't want to, no problem. Um, You may want to seek the Holy Spirit by yourself in your room, in your, door, in your uh, hotel room and say, Lord, I want to be filled. And I know that in Acts 10, you came upon those people, even though they weren't, uh, hands were laid on them, they, they were praying and they were trusting in the gospel and you, your spirit came upon them. But if you'd like to receive it, these guys are here for you. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are basing what we're doing right now on Acts chapter um, 8. Everyone here in this room has accepted your son Jesus as their Savior and Lord. They're resting in his finished work. Lord, everybody here in this room has been baptized or wants to be baptized. And now, Lord, based on Acts chapter 8, where you laid hands on people through Peter and John, we ask that you would, through the laying on of hands, light us up today and every day. Thank you, Jesus. We know you're here. We know your promise is sure. We know that Jesus fulfilled all the requirements. All of your promises are yes in Christ, and we are in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. This message was recorded at the GYC 2017 Conference Arise in Phoenix, Arizona. 
GYC, a supporting ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, seeks to inspire young people to be Bible-based, Christ-centered, and soul-winning Christians. To download or purchase other resources like this, visit us online at www.gycweb.org.